and welcome to Buy Positive. These are your hosts, Mari and MD. And today we are doing a much anticipated, much needed update on representation. One of our very first episodes, well, a few of our first episodes were dedicated to representation. And it's 2019, it's Pride Month, and we thought it'd be amazing to talk, to take stock of all the new representation that has popped up in the last year yeah. and a half or so yeah or things we had just forgotten <laughs> yeah or things we forgot the first time oops sorry we're human so let's start off with music for no particular reason just because it's first on my list queer music has been kind of amazing in the past couple of months i think a lot of people have been coming out a lot of people have been releasing queer friendly songs and we're not going to talk about taylor swift because that's very polarizing several musicians came out as by quite why or pan quite recently uh such as Anne marie brandon yuri from is it panic of the disco yeah I think yeah so. him uh janelle monet officially came out jason mraz kind of came mm. out and also kelani and rita ora there's a bunch of different songs that deal with queer topics nowadays again not talking about taylor swift one of the songs that was recommended to us by a listener was by a queer musician called Stephanie Rice, and the song is called Pages, which we highly recommend to listen to, mm-hmm. and watch the music video because it's quite visceral, I think, and really good representation in terms of how a lot of people, queer people who are raised religious, have to come to terms and write their own story without kind of looking at themselves through the prism of organized religion because that prism is not always or is almost never positive. Yeah. As for TV, TV good has been TV. great. I mean, good things, not so good things, but more representation for sure. So, yeah, what do you want to start with? Because there's so many. I mean, let's start with The Salt. Let's start with the fact that One Day at a Time was cancelled. Let's start with that. Yeah, that's... Too, I kind of... I still have a part of me that hopes that they will be picked up, but... But let's face it. Like, I feel like with every day, it's getting less and less likely, and it sucks. We had the we had the privilege of attending the one day at a time panel at Clexicon with the creator of the show, and also with uh, the actors who played Elena and Sid. Yeah. Elena's significant okay. other. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. So Isabella Gomez, who plays um, as you said, uh, Elena, and Sheridan Pierce, who plays Sid, and both of them were super enthusiastic about the idea of a fourth season obviously the series creator was as well and uh, we even got a surprise call which is really cute from Rita Moreno yeah it was so um, cute because uh, yeah it was great can I just say Rita Moreno because I just I just I just said it in the most American way possible uh, can, Rita, can you pronounce it correctly Rita Moreno um that was you know the fact that the the cast and the crew are so optimistic and they really want to tell those stories it's just a shame that netflix apparently only cares about representation when they can capitalize on it mm-hmm. is that the tea that's the tea but if you haven't checked out one day at a time there's still three great season with very good i mean queer representation but also mental health representation uh, and the, te- the tackle the issues of addiction and post-traumatic stress disorder in very uh, I think clever ways and very interesting ways. Yeah. Since we're talking about Netflix, I guess we should also mention Queer Eye because Queer Eye has been, you know, polarizing as well. 
um, because of the format of the show that it's like, you know, queer, the, the initial format of the show was queer guys spicing up the life of straight men. Mm-hmm. But now the show has kind of shifted. They had a lesbian on the show in the most recent um, Yeah, and they had a trans series. guy. They had a trans guy. And they also themselves started coming out. So Jonathan came out as non-binary very recently. Yeah. And Anthony as well said that he does not actually subscribe to labels when it comes to sexual orientation. And he had been with women before. So I think that's a great leap forward to talk about. I mean, he's at least he's a non-monosexual representation. He, he said that he liked the, the fluid, label fluid. Yeah. yeah. For me, it kind of uh, falls into the bi-plus umbrella. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's why we're bringing them up. Um, and I think it's really good that in a show that's, you know, whose first seasons were about just strictly gay men, now have this representation of men who would be originally... Guys, we're originally all labeled as gay. But, I mean, it's queer eye, though. But it will label as gay, and a lot of them are in a kind of heteronormative somehow um, configuration because, like, they're married mm. uh, or about to be married, and like uh, they're also um, Camaro has uh, has kids. Um, so it's it's interesting that they're showing that there's more to them. Mm. That Anthony is very comfortable talking about the fact that he had relationships with women, mm. even though he's in a committed relationship with a man now. And he feels, uh, and he, he does uh, say that he uh, goes aware of real relationships mm-hmm. and not um, him being in denial or, or something like, like that. that yeah. And he acknowledges it, uh, it. And so I think it's very important. And then also that Jonathan came out about his gender identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, their gender identity, I don't know. I think he uses he. He has. He, he has. Yeah. yeah. Um, that I think it's important as well, mm-hmm. uh, because this representation is still very. Uh, I mean, there's not very. Um, there, we talk a lot about non-binary mm-hmm. or gender fluid or like gender non-conforming people, but actual representation, there's not that much. Yeah, and especially uh, Jonathan. Is, I mean, he's eccentric, mm-hmm. but it's actually good representation because in the end, he's very down to earth and it really helps people. Yeah, and he's very kind, and I think. You know, I um, I originally when, it, when we started watching the show, I wasn't a big fan of his just because of his personality. But it kind of grows on you, and he's just a very kind person, very funny person. He can make fun of himself, and I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. So moving on to other uh, Netflix shows, let's talk about Shira. Shira, which is super queer. Shira is incredibly queer, and I mean, Shira is the reimagined series. Uh, the original was like in the 80s or something. Mm-hmm. And it was a very different format, you know, big boobs and short, um, yeah, was... short costumes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now Shira has a more, I think Shira herself looks a lot more, I wouldn't say androgynous. No, but she's just not sexualized. She's not sexualized, yeah. And that, that makes the difference, I think. And the, the showrunner is an out queer woman. Mm. I don't know. Oh, she, I think she identifies a lesbian. I'm not sure. Yeah, but she's definitely queer. She's definitely queer and uh, rather gender non-conforming in her expression. Um, gender expression, I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, so we're hearing something that's 
Yeah, definitely very queer, even though it's never entirely explicit, but it's also very yeah, explicit. But in the first season, because we still haven't seen the second mm-hmm. season, but in the first season, they defeat their enemy with the power of a rainbow. Well, also, also they are like going to the ball and they're like women going with other women. Yeah, the, women in the tuxedos. The one like guy who, like, I mean, characters that is presented as male is also very, very queer coded. Um, and also the the canon lesbian couple, the two princesses. Yeah, the, the two princesses. Yeah, Spinarella and Natosa. I actually remember that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and then there's multiple ships. And the only thing that I am a little bothered by mm. in this in this show is that a lot of people uh, ship Catra um, and Adora. Yeah. And I think it's super unhealthy relationship. It's super unhealthy, but like it's the same thing as shipping like I don't know Harry and Draco Malfoy like. They hate each other, but they also fuck each other kind of energy. Yeah, but except like they actually were friends and grew together, so it's a very mature relationship. Mm. When uh, Adora has um, um, oh, glimmer, um, yeah. So yeah, Adora has glimmer was right here. Mm. And they actually have a great, healthy relationship. They grew together. Grew together. They're supportive of each other. If I would ship uh, some like a couple in that show, it would be this one. But I don't know. Maybe I'm a uh, Maybe I'm I'm asking too much actually for people to actually have healthy ships. <laughs> or maybe Adora can love Catra and change her because that works. Yeah, um, but I have really problem with narrative like that because it's very uh for me I I think it's it's very damaging mm. for people and it's not just you know, it's not just about straight or straight passing couples mm. with this idea that the woman has to fix the guy mm. that she's going he's going to be redeemed thanks to her mm. uh, which like in real life is very very damaging when people just try to apply that kind of mm. idea to their life because that's how you have women staying with very abusive guy thinking that they're going to save them that's true but also in in queer couples, let's face it, there are problems like that as well. Of course. And with the problems of internalized stigma, uh, of internalized homophobia, that's absolutely terrible. Mm. Uh, that can really be super damaging and people can be abusive to each other because of it. Mm. Um, and this whole, I'm going to fix you, or if you fix yourself, I can love you mm-hmm. type of narrative. I think it's very toxic. Mm. Well, you're right. <laughs> Let's move on to talk about mm. the unholy trinity of TV shows that we adore, which is Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Good Place, and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah, we talked a lot about them. We talked a lot about them, but just to recap, they're still amazing. They're still great. I loved the fact that uh, Rosa's girlfriend, uh, played by... Carmen Esposito. Yeah, made, a, made a, an appearance. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was great, as always listen to our podcast episode about that uh and the good place had a couple of like queer moments we like if eleanor could just officially come out as bi it'd be nice it would be very nice she said like there's a whole comment about her saying that they're not enough bi men Mm -hmm. but honestly like eleanor just come out and admit that even though you love chidi you also pretty much love or in love or at least want to fuck (laughs) tan i mean who doesn't yes Jamila, Jamila, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, then I guess let's move on to another like fan favorite that got canceled is Shadowhunters. You haven't seen much of it? Nope. Um, I have. 
because I had to suffer through bad writing in order to weed out the good parts with a queer couple. It's, you know what, the show itself is not amazingly written, and the books that it's based on are not a masterpiece either, but the way that they handle the Malik, um, Alec, and Magnus storyline is actually really nice. Mm -hmm. I really like the way they went with it. It didn't seem too rushed to me even though they were rushing to finish the season. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really great. Is it a happy ending? It's a happy ending. Of course, they had to scare the audience with, oh my God, he's never coming back. But he did. And they had a wedding. And as far as I know in the books, they actually end up adopting kids. So so cute. Yeah, I think think it's really cute. And it's really good representation. It just doesn't hurt that the two people who play the characters are hella hot. Um, Hi, Harry Mm -hmm. Shin Jr. Call me. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just wanted to say a word about Abby as well. Yeah. Because it's a sitcom that was short lived, one season. It's just that the it was on a network prime time. Mm. Uh and um the lead character, so Abby, was also openly bisexual. Mm. Uh I had not I didn't see any episode because, you know, we're in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um but it's I, maybe like the show wasn't that good. I don't know. It's just that the idea that you could have someone was okay with having a show with a bisexual female bisexual lead mm. in a primetime sitcom. Mm. Eh, that, that's good. Speaking of really good and surprising representation, I forgot to mention one Netflix show that I really enjoyed. It was um, special, written, directed, and starred in by Ryan O'Connell, who is an openly gay man. Um, with cerebral palsy, oh, yeah. and the show is like it, the episodes are relatively short, but I think it really it's really good at addressing mm-hmm. the intersectionality of living with a disability and being gay, and being in the dating game while you know being insecure about whatever your disability is and how you handle people's pity, how you handle people's not understanding what your disability is and how, you know, people kind of walk on eggshells around you. Like it, It's very interesting because the character doesn't really have to come out as gay, mm-hmm. but he has to come out as having cerebral palsy. Okay, that's Which I interesting. really, really like, yeah. And it shows an intersectionality that mm-hmm. we're not used... We're not used to seeing, yeah. No. And the, the, um, the main actor, Ryan O'Connell... He's the one who wrote the show, and he himself has cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. So having someone with a disability actually play yeah. a character with that disability is regrettably not something we see a lot of. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's really, really good. Um, other shows that we do need to mention um, are Pose, of course. Yeah. Um, Ryan Murphy's creation starred in um, and, and written by uh, queer people. Is there any bisexual representation in Pose? Uh, now that we know of, I don't think so. Not it's not really. explicit, and I kind of hope we're going to I really see that address. So. I really hope so. I really because... kind of get a vibe from Blanca, to be honest. Yeah. But maybe it's just me. Um, the thing is, Ryan Murphy doesn't have a great track record with representing bi people. I mean, he didn't have a good track record with representing trans people either, yeah, so he kind of learned. Mm-hmm. He's kind of, I wouldn't say... It, like, he's amazing at it, but at least he is having writers in the room that are trans and can put their experience no, into it. Yeah, no, and Pose, I mean, I, 
I can't talk for trans people before what I've heard, like everyone admits that it's it's great representation. And this season they took it one step further and they were actually talking about the AIDS crisis, the AIDS epidemic and the participation of the queer community and the black queer community in the US mm-hmm. uh, in ACT UP and in, in the movements to fight AIDS. And just a separate adjacent thing to that, India Moore, the mm-hmm. actor who plays... Um, Angel mm-hmm. came out as non-binary oh. um, a few months ago, I think. Oh, okay, I um, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're very vocal about it. They they post a lot on social media about it, and I think it's great representation. People just kind of assume that they are a trans woman. Yeah. However, you know, their gender identity is their own, and they own it in a very wholesome way, I think, and they interact mm-hmm. with people on social media, and they advocate for... Um, or recognition of various mm-hmm. gender identities, so I think it's really good. Good. Um, and as for shows that we haven't really seen but have heard of, we have to talk about Gentleman Jack, which everybody on Twitter seems to be going nuts over. And Tumblr and everything. And Tumblr I mean, and everything. We just need to find ways of watching it, because it's, it's not super legally possible for us. I'm not gonna say anything about yeah, that. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah. So, but we really want to watch it. Um, and again, there's another show that we haven't seen, but I've heard a lot about. I think I only saw one episode, one or two episodes of the bisexual. Yeah. Um, mixed I- reviews. I didn't really get into it, which is why I stopped watching it. Yeah, me too. I mean, I watched the first episode, and yeah. I was like, okay, it's interesting, but I'm not entirely okay with. I I don't know. I didn't feel entirely comfortable with it. But maybe it's just because of the type of show that doesn't work for me. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think I got the same impression. Um, as for movies, I mean, we have to talk about Captain Marvel, even though, yes, there is no explicit representation. And the whole fucking um, Marie Rambeau slash Captain Marvel romance. I'm sorry, it's a romance. I mean, if, if it's very clear that if... Uh, Maya's Rambo character had been a guy. Mm. Everyone said, oh, "Okay, yeah, they were together, and they were raising a kid together. They were raising a child together, and there's no mention of the kid's dad at any point in the story." And this, and this was a perfect parallel between, like, her story and the alien story, without giving spoilers. Mm. Like about you know, going back to your wife and kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if if Captain Marvel were a guy. It would have been unquestionably, yeah. Um, or, or if Mario's Rambo character was Mario, yeah, Rambo, Mario Rambo, <laughs> Mario Rambo sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like it, I don't know. It it's sounds... a me, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, um, other shows and 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 um, movies and media that we need to mention. We have to mention Rebecca Sugar, the creator of Steven Universe, coming out as non-binary recently. I have not really seen Steven Universe. I really want to. I just it's mm-hmm. a time commitment. Yeah. Uh, but it's great to have a, a kids show that has different sexualities represented, different gender identities represented, mm-hmm. and be written by yeah. um, someone who is part of the queer community. Um, we also need to mention uh, Hannah Gadsby's Nanette, which which we kind of talked about before. Yeah, but I really, 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 really um, recommend. Um, because it it's food for thought. It's definitely food for thought. It's like it's it's an emotional roller coaster. Is what that show yeah. is. I mean, and she 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 identifies as lesbian, but mm. it's definitely I think 
every queer person can can relate uh, relate yeah. with with this absolutely and then there's also out of actors that came out recently abby jacobson from what was the name of the show uh, oh broad city broad city which is also pretty bi <laughs> tessa thompson came out officially um, yeah Paris Jackson yeah. uh, came out, and Lily Singh, which was such a big deal on the well, internets. Yeah, because she's a very famous YouTuber, like one of the biggest ones. And it's and it's amazing that she came out. I always had a bi vibe from her, a mm. queer vibe from her, but I was like, yeah, maybe my bi fi is not working that well. But it was. Apparently. Um, and for... If you don't know her, like so she's she's a YouTuber, she's she's huge, she has her own show now, she's on TV. I mean I don't know, she's a, I mean also she's uh of uh, she's American but she's of Indian origin from mm-hmm. India. Uh and so it's also like interesting interesting representation of a of a brown queer uh, person. Yep. And it's it's YouTube, so it's for a lot of people much more relatable. And that's also why, for example, Hannah Hart had helped that many people because mm. She was first like known for my drunk kitchen, and then she started to come out, and right. then because she used she existed out of her outside of her coming out story, people could relate to her, and I think that the same can happen with Lily Singh, and it's probably already happening. She's been she was a, a YouTube superstar before coming out, and she is now openly uh, queer, and and she talks about it, and. I think it's it's great because it's a, she's in that in that way very relatable. She exists outside of she creates she she she's a creator before uh, being queer, which makes like good representation when it's not just about you know coming out. Yeah, I mean I I'm, I kind of look I'm looking forward to see uh, I look forward to see to seeing how she's going to uh, address her queerness or in, in, integrate it in her you know work. And, and by our bias. Speaking of YouTube and integrating queerness in your work, oh, can um, we talk about? Can we talk about Eugene from the Try Guys? So yeah, he came out as gay, which is not exactly uh, like my representation. But you know, the fact that he had been like playing around with the label of queer for a very long time, and a lot of people kind of like assumed. I personally assumed that he was bi. I don't know why. Because you were projecting um, your own. Also because you have a crush on him. I do have a major crush on him because he is beautiful and very, very intelligent and great conversation and also sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my ode to Eugene. Um, but I think what the, the fact that he went from like using the general label of queer, which is something that we talked about, like some people use it as a concrete label, some people use it as a general label. So he did that and then he ended up coming out as gay in the most Eugene way possible, yeah. which was through interpretive dance on the Try Guys YouTube channel, like what, a week ago, uh, yeah, a little bit over a week yeah. ago. Um, and I think what I appreciate the most about his story is what he talked uh, about in a interview with actually Hannah Hart. Yeah. Uh, he did an interview with her where they talked about the importance of being visible for the people who, you know, who need that hope. He talks about how people, how teenagers would approach him on the street and thank him for being mm-hmm. who he was, but he wasn't still out yet. And so he felt um, that as a creator, as an influencer, it was not necessarily his job, mm-hmm. but how could he, could he be an advocate for everyone else if he couldn't even be true to himself? Yeah. 
and I think that kind of plays in two ways. Number one, I think it's him assuming responsibility and being mature enough mm-hmm. to accept that label. But on the other hand, we have to be mindful of the pressure that being a visible queer person or, yeah. or, or the pressure to be visible that a lot of queer people have. Also because he's not coming from a background where people are accepting of him. Yeah, no, he, he grew up in a Texan family of, of Korean immigrants. So that's like two very conservative environments. Yeah, um, being gay was not okay. Being gay was not okay. And the way he talked about also the cultural component of it, that a lot of um, Asian parents, in his experience, would say, I don't agree with with your lifestyle, mm-hmm. but I love you more than... I agree with my own biases. And I think that's yeah, also that's... very important to see. And for him being like one of the most prominent Asian people in media today, I think him being like so influential and being so visible and having been part of BuzzFeed for so many years and the Try Guys are doing really well. They put out a mm-hmm. book, they're going on tour. Like this is the time for him to be visible and he took that chance. And I really respect that. No, he, it's it's very admirable and it's very well done. And I think... Um, this coming out video, like the 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 the, the actual the mu- it's a music video, it's a dance video yeah. that you release, is very powerful. And even if you're not a gay mm. person, you can still relate. Yeah, uh, yeah, with very much, uh, and it's and it's very emotional. I I think. Yeah, it's very emotional, and the fact that they had and to put together so fast and and it's explicit as well. Yeah, it's very raw. I yeah. think yeah. it kind of reminded me a little bit of like the mood of it. it reminded me a bit of like This Is America of mm-hmm. that video clip. Yeah. Um, because it's just so raw, so visceral, so unapologetic, so violent in both emotional and physical ways. Yeah. Um, it's it speaks the truth of how many people have to go through a lot to accept who they really are and to find their place in society, whether it be the you know the mainstream heteronormative society or mm-hmm queer society which can also sometimes be an accepting yeah completely um so i think that was that was a really 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 great thing to see during pride month yeah um and to kind of wrap up i guess since we're talking about yeah sports right i mean just because as you know world cup right now the female world cup the female world cup um uh, football because okay i know we have a lot of listeners in the u.s so i'd say soccer but for our listeners in the u.s when your foot hits a ball <laughs> it's called don't football. be don't <laughs> or or, or As when in the US. a hand is on a ball that's still called football but only in the u.s <laughs> it's very confusing so we're talking about soccer yeah does it mean you know there's a soccer uh female uh, world cup right now which actually the u.s is pretty good at oh yeah yeah the they probably is... will i i hope they will uh, lose against france in the quarterfinals <laughs> since we're recording before the quarterfinal uh between france and the u.s but yeah so the u.s are very good at it but it's it's um it's a lot of sapphic energy on the pitch um let's <clears throat> say that again yeah um, and it's just interesting that how sometimes in sport and generally more in women's sport, there are uh, out athletes that can be a pretty good representation as well. And uh, there's uh, out sports magazine tells us that there are 36 out LGBTQ participants in the 2019 Women's World Cup. And in the US uh, soccer team, as you might say, might know, there is even an engaged couple of um, Ali Krieger and Ashton Harris. 
And, you know, it's, it's funny because a lot of people have been speculating about their relationship. They've mm. been shipped like fictional characters by a lot of people. Don't ship real people. That's nasty. Uh, and But like they're actually together. But they're actually together, so it's okay. Continue shipping. <laughs> uh, and um, there's uh, also like uh, Megan uh, Rapinoe, who's a captain and who is uh, dating a basketball player, mm. a female basketball player as well. Uh, so uh, it's, yeah, I think it's also very interesting representation. Uh, we should not underestimate the role that uh, athletes have to play in that area. Um, and like for in the French team, there is no uh, out player, mm. uh, but uh, for example, uh, Marinette Pichon, who was, who was the first well-known um, female football player, player in France, the first one to play in the US, be professional. Mm. She's out and she's, she's married to a woman and she is one of the first women who in France had quote-unquote paternity leave mm. uh, for, the, for the birth of their child. Managed to get it, so I think it's uh, it's actually a pretty interesting um, example and representation as well, mm. um, because this she's uh, she's inspiring for a lot of people. Football, soccer, football is very queer, and we really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna have to root for France as well, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. but. Um, as for what I wanted to wrap up with, and that's like, again, an opinion that might be controversial, I think, in some circles, but the fact that uh, one of the most successful candidates for the presidency in, in the US, US is a gay Buti man. Buttigieg, actually. Buttigieg. He's, I don't know, he's, he's a, a Maltese name. He's a Maltese name, yeah. yeah. I think he's Buttigieg, but I'm probably butchering it as Mayor well. Pete. Uh, Pete. Mayor Pete, yeah. So he has had a lot of unpopular policies which is why a lot of people don't appreciate him which is fine everybody is entitled to their own choice yeah also the fact that you know this guy who's relatable comes over comes like comes out of nowhere and he yep. sweeps like he he takes a spotlight of women that's eh, in question but i mean yeah. we're not americans exactly we're not americans i mean in europe we like actually have female presidents <laughs> Sorry. Um, not in France. Uh, it's a good thing that it was not a female president who was elected like last time. Yeah, because she was a Nazi. But that's a whole different point. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say like, that she's a Nazi, like alt-right. Mm -hmm. She's like, alt-right. <laughs> she's alt-right, that she's very far-right, and she's also supported by Nazis. But herself, I genuinely don't think she's a Nazi, personally. But I think she's very okay um, being an ally, an ally to them. Yeah. Anyways, we'll never vote for her. Yeah. Anyway, so... Um, Ever. Mayor Pete, even though, yes, you know, he stole the spotlight and he is a white gay man in a very heteronormative married relationship. And... Um, but still, the fact that a gay man has come so far in U.S. politics, mm -hmm. I think is impressive, considering Stonewall didn't happen that long ago. I think that's... it's. It really shows that things are changing. Obviously, you know, we would all love to see a queer person of color as the next president of the U.S., but this is a baby step. I mean, also, can we admit that he has Malti's name, which means, like, he's also from an immigrant family. Oh, yeah. Exactly when they arrived, but he's maybe as white as it comes, but he's actually from an immigrant family. I mean, the people who are white as they come in the U.S. are from immigrant families. Oh, yeah. All of them. All of them. <laughs> all of them. But, like, you know, more or less recent... Yeah, uh, immigrants. That's and I true. think his like family hasn't arrived like three thousand, 
three, no, three thousand years. Three thousand years no, ago. No, no, there was no white people there. Uh, three, uh, three hundred years ago. Yeah. It's more so, recent than that, I think. I'm not sure. In any case, I, I mean, there's a lot of queer politicians in Europe now, um, but and and in in South America as well. But I wanted to just bring that up because I think it's important to to see that there's a little bit of progress. It's baby steps. Obviously, he's not amazing, but the fact that he's there, I think we need to appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I think that the fact that he exists and just like that he pieces off Mike Mike Pence, mm. so good. Oh, anything that pisses off Mike Pence is already like top of my list. Yeah. So anyways, is there any representation that we missed? Is there anything that you recommend us to watch or listen to or any personality that you would like us to engage with that we haven't yet before? Please leave us a comment, a tweet at us, send us an email. Otherwise, we will talk to you in two weeks' time. Bye. Bye. Bye.